the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And we never tire of that quote because we are seeing this play out in our world today, aren't we? Truth never gets old, Rebecca. (laughs) That is exactly right. And listeners, we have a fantastic guest. Um, She is a a recurring guest on our program, and we are so thankful for that. Her name is Shi Van Fleet. She is... It was born in China, and over 37 years ago, she came true when she was granted a student visa to come to the United States to study. Mm-hmm. And she is speaking out now after many, many years in our country, helping to communicate that she never, she doesn't feel like this is the America she arrived in, and she is fighting so hard to wake up Americans to say that the parallels between what is happening in our culture now and what she experienced in China are running parallel tracks and it is time to change course. So Mm -hmm. she, thank you so much for joining us. So much for inviting me back. Oh, we're glad to have you. And yes, we were, I think, was it back in April or May that you were on with us? A few months ago. um, The first time around? A few months ago. Okay, that's what I thought. And we were very excited to be able to have you back because you have a big book launch coming up this coming October, I believe. And yeah. um, the book title is Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. And so we're going to talk more about that book later in the show. But let's start out by having you tell us why you feel it's so important for you to have written this book in the in the first place. Yes, yes. And to me, you know, I've been living here for 30 some, 37 years. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, in the, for a long time, I paid no attention to politics. I was just focused on uh, realizing my American dream by mm-hmm. getting a degree, you know, getting a job, buying a house, uh, raise a family. And that's all I was uh, 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 focusing on. And mm-hmm. I thought politics is something that I really don't understand. And I thought, well, what can go on? Uh, go wrong. Yeah. This is America. <laughs> you know, nothing can go wrong. <laughs> you and many and, people uh, live blissfully like that for <laughs> yes for many years. <laughs> and of course, I started to notice things here and there, and for a while, but nothing really uh, made me lose my sleep mm-hmm. until 2020. 
Mm. Until 2020, when I saw our city being burned, I know, and uh, and the statue being toppled down, mm-hmm. and the uh, the chaos in the city, and then the radical radical slogans uh, and the terms that I was uh, grow, I grew up with, such as oppressors and oppressed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and hit me just like a tornado, and uh, mm-hmm. and I just for me and for people like me, we recognized right away mm-hmm. it was culture revolution replayed right here mm-hmm. and so so that's how i got involved and that's uh, when i went to the school board and delivered that one minute speech where i compare crt with the cultural revolution mm-hmm. and then you know people started to um, in the media um uh, ask me to be interviewed and i and, and i went to events mm-hmm. during the, uh, the the time i realized so many people have no clue about communism. Yes. They've never heard about cultural revolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in that uh, um, uh, meeting room in the uh, school board, um, I think more than half of them probably the first time they heard about the cultural revolution. And mm-hmm. I realized that is the problem. Yeah. And I also realized that's a problem that made intentionally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was never taught. All right. When you never teach the real history, and you know, the, the, the people think about the communism, uh, they think about Cold War, oh, we won the Cold War, it's over. Mm-hmm. So they have no idea when communism appeared in their front door with a different uh, disguise called woke, they have no idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's communism. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I really feel like a I need to do more to educate people. And mm-hmm. I think that's the key to win uh, the war mm-hmm. to save America. Mm-hmm. So last year in April, I feel like, uh, you know, age ago, I, made this, <laughs> I really made this huge decision to quit my job. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that there's nothing more important than focus on uh, my activism and by writing a book. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. never dreamed in my life to write a book. Never, you know. Yeah. So, but um, it's all God's will. And uh, so I was able to finish the book. And uh, I, I'm just amazed. And I was able to find a publisher. And it's just like everything was planned for me. Oh, and uh, it's really not me. It's not so what, me doing it. It's someone almost like feel like someone <laughs> made me do it. It, it gives me goosebumps when I think about it. Wow. And now it's almost out. Mm. It's almost out. And it took me a year. And um, so that's, it, I guess, the story. Yeah. But now I can tell you probably to be a your listener about uh, um, uh, my, you know, my, my story, where I came from and, uh, and all that. You know, I was born in China, in Mao's China. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the culture revolution started and when I was in elementary school, mm-hmm. my first grade. And do you mind and sharing the year not to date you? But yes. I think it's important yes. for our listeners to realize how recent this yes. actually took place. It is not that, you know, I, I am... Oh, but I'm not that old. Right. Not no, not yet. at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was in 1966. 1966. Cultural Revolution. Yeah. And it lasted for 10 years until his death wow. in 1976. Mm. So it's we not that, that long ago. Mm-mm. Yeah, we call it 10-year 
turmoil for the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was just a little girl, you know. And people ask me, do I remember the moment? Yeah, to me, it's overnight. It was just so, so confusing. It's overnight, and the school was closed. And mm-hmm. I went to school, and on the blackboard, and there was a note from the teacher said there was no school for three days, and that lasted for two years. Oh my goodness! No yeah. school for two years. No school for two years. Boy, there's and no then, similarities whatsoever wow, to things right. you've experienced in this yes. country. <laughs> exactly. It was just just two weeks, guys. Uh, two yes. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks. To yeah. Exactly. Two the weeks. Curve. And uh, they, mm-hmm. they are where it was three days, mm-hmm. and because uh, everything was. Uh, in chaos, mm-hmm. the school administrators were all taken down by the Red Guards. Red Guards were the uh, uh, kids uh, that mm-hmm. were uh, uh, supposedly the soldiers of the revolution. Mm-hmm. They were as young as elementary school kids or as old as college kids. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that doing the work, taking the order from Mao mm-hmm. to overthrow the old tradition yeah and take down the powers of the authorities just mm. like what happened here mm-hmm. wow. and so that's a cancel culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of calling it cancel culture it was called smashing the four oaths okay. smashing smashing the four oaths they called smashing or uh, destroying or uh, abolition yeah. uh, abolition of Four O's. Abolition. Yeah. Yeah. Destroy, basically. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Destroy um, old ideas, Uh old culture, old custom, and old habits. Everything that is old needs to be destroyed Mm -hmm. and needs to be smashed. They use Mm -hmm. the word smash. So that includes statues, Buddhist statues, um, uh, Christian statues. And all need to be uh, come down. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, temples and churches were destroyed. Books were burned. And uh, and uh, sounds familiar. Yep. And street names, institution names, even personal names, personal names have to be changed to be politically correct. Wow. Yes, this Just is very like familiar, it. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> eerily familiar and everything was chaotic and uh, that was the early stage eventually it turned into violence and it started um really um killing started the first killing that started um was done by a group of young girls in the middle school Mm. they tortured and beaten tortured and killed their uh principal that was in Beijing in 1966. Yeah. After that, it became commonplace all over China. Mm. Unbelievable. And so, um, so that was uh, uh, all down in the, in the name of revolution. I remember mm-hmm. that we briefly touched on that last time yeah. you were on, Chi, but can you remind me with that first killing done by the middle school girls? They tortured and killed the middle school principal I believe you mentioned the reason why. Yeah. Would you make the, the re- Yeah. The reason was that Mao called those people in charge. Basically everybody, uh, they are reactionaries. So for the um for uh school principals they belong to the newly 
a newly created class called uh, in reactionary intellectual authority. Okay. Um, urge the uh, students to overthrow them and take control of schools. Hmm. Hmm. So uh, to the young kids, if you ask people, ask them to overthrow authority, and to them, the first one coming in mind is teachers, right? Yep. Teachers mm-hmm. were the one authority figure and the principals. So they were the first group to suffer the violence of the te- uh, and, and of the red guards. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, and the people say, oh, how about police? Well, you know, there is a defund police here, but there yes. they absolutely dismantled the whole criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. And the police were told, Mm-hmm. Do not go to, they're not, they were not allowed to go to campus where the violence took place initially. And they were told, if the Red Guards hit you, you are not allowed to hit back. You have to support the Red Guards. They are the revolutionaries. Mm. So I want all of our listeners to understand, I, I, I'm sure they're picking up on this pattern, uh, but I do want to point it out here, that she does a marvelous job of relating both her personal experience and the history that she lived under China with what we're seeing now. So, I mean, the past five minutes, she, we've, we've touched on nearly three, three separate things that occurred in the Cultural Revolution in China. And you can see direct correlation and comparison to what's happening in our country. And so when we talk about your book, she, this, is, this is part of what all of our listeners um, will will get if they follow you on Twitter, if they pre-order your book. And I will say, listeners, it's really easy. You know how I know because I just did it here on my <laughs> phone. So you just go to Amazon, you click that pre-order button, and I would highly encourage you to do it. This is this type of thing that we as Americans really need to be aware of. This has all happened before. Yeah. And not that yeah. long ago. Yeah. <laughs> not that long ago. Exactly. This is and, uh, actually post World War II. You know, you stop. People tend to think of, you know, Nazi Germany as being kind of the most recent example of a totalitarian, you know, state of of an you know uh, of an evil person, you know, wanting to take over the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you consider that this happened with Mao in 1966, um, it's a much more recent example. Mm-hmm. Um, and so- it's much, much more relevant to us yes. today. Yes. yes. And uh, just think about it, the Red Guards. Okay. So the Cultural Revolution was a youth revolution. Mm-hmm. So because Mao weaponized, uh, mo- uh, mobilized and weaponized the kids. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And why the kid could do it? Because all the kids were from the government schools. Yes. They were absolutely indoctrinated. They would mm. blindly follow their great leader, mm-hmm. whatever order, even a means to kill. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's going on today in America, that mm-hmm. our school were taken away by the, uh, uh, the Marxists. Mm-hmm. What they have been doing in the past decades was to indoctrinate our children. Mm-hmm. And those, those people went to college, get the same thing, and now they're in charge of our institutions. Mm-hmm. That's what happened mm-hmm. to America. I've known even parents themselves, Christian parents, interestingly, whose kids are now very socialist slash Marxist in their viewpoints and 
um, talk about, you know, the whole concept of white oppression. And I'm not, again, I don't want to go down that path too far because I know that there does still exist racism in this country, but certainly not on the scale that um, no, there used no. to be. And, and certainly not on the scale that warrants the type of um, changes that we're seeing in our culture today. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a means to an end is what it is. And, and one of the things that you do an excellent job of pointing out Z, Z and I'm sure I'm, I'm excited to read your book um, is the fact that this means to the end, really, that is what we're seeing. I mean, you compared the term woke to Mao's cultural revolution and, um, what people think of as woke, they think of as, you know, something good. Many people do, um, that, that we're helping our country by focusing in on wokeness when in actuality, um, they're walking right into the same mindset that the cultural rev- revolution set up in China, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And part of the woke is a uh, uh, division. Mm-hmm. And in China, Mao divided Chinese people into two classes. One is a uh, uh, red class, another is black class. And I guess you figured what they mean. Mm-hmm. The red are the allies of the revolution. They are uh, uh, black, mm-hmm. the enemy of the state. Mm-hmm. And they were the ones that need to be eradicated. And uh, um, so, but the problem is in the beginning, uh, if you had wealth, if you have land, you were classified as a, a black class. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but later, whoever uh, failed to keep in line with the party, and you were condemned, and you were put in the black class. So that there's always a division on the peop- uh, in, among the people, even though we look alike, mm-hmm. and the skin color is the same, but we have political identity. And that's what's the foundation of how uh, CCP run the country, mm-hmm. division. Mm-hmm. political identity. And that's exactly what the woke is about mm-hmm. and the, what CRT is about. And it's identity. Mm-hmm. And why they want the identity is to divide people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. white versus black, um, uh, gay versus straight. And they can use the identity to indefinitely divide people. Mm-hmm. When they divide people, they are uh, the only winners themselves. Mm-hmm. They sit people against each other. That's what the Cultural Revolution was about. They, uh, they reason those kids, those girls, after the, uh, the principal is because they were told the principal belonged to the black class, therefore made them the enemy of the revolution, and therefore they deserve to be killed. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that the Mao divided the people on simplistic rationales in order to divide people and cause chaos and confusion and... and where people felt like they had to turn on one another. That that doesn't sound familiar <laughs> to anything that's happening in the United States. I mean, once again, and it's only, this it's is only not easier. new. Yes. Only this is, easier in America. Yes. And also because the class did not work well. And that's the classic uh, divi- uh, the way of developing. Div- people according to Marxism Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, you know the Bernie Sanders still doing that is still like a 99% versus 1% right Mm -hmm. still doing that but that does not work very well because the 99% you can work your way up and the 1% if you 
you know, whatever mismanage your food, you can come down to the 99%. Mm-hmm. So that's fluid. So they have to do something more. And that's, that's why they went to race. That mm-hmm. is the easiest way. And now they're going to made up identity. Mm-hmm. Identity that you can just identify yourself as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is very interesting how they have taken that and, and turned it. And when I say they, you know, I always, hesitate to use the word they because who is they you know in china it was mao um you know what would you point at here as kind of the unifying um entity behind all of this in the u.s and really across all of the western nations because this isn't just limited to the u.s i mean this is happening all across europe as well I have this discussion with people all the time. They say, you can't call this a culture revolution. We, do not, we don't have mouths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have mouths. We have many mouths. <laughs> like mouths. But we have a group of people. And I just, mm-hmm. the globalist. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's mm-hmm. it. Well, yeah. it, okay, so, wait, so on that. Talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. So, so. You guys, I want you to all encourage you. I know I've said this before. You need to follow She on Twitter. She puts, again, she gives you all these snippets, and there's a great snippet that you put forward, a, a tweet or whatever it's called now. Mm-hmm. It's X. I don't know what we're supposed to call this. She, yeah. yeah. But yeah. You, you retweeted regarding the 14 American cities that have signed a World Economic Pledge, mm-hmm. saying that there are cities here in the United States that are pledging to ban meat, dairy, and private car ownership by the year 2030. And you posted this saying, this is the future that the WEF has planned for all of us. We will Mm -hmm. have nothing, not even meat or dairy, but we will be happy. And the cities are Austin. But we will be happy. Yeah, but we'll be happy. We'll be happy. Austin, (laughs) Austin, Boston, Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New Orleans, New York City, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, San Francisco. So, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. if people think, where is she coming right. up with some of this? Hey, guys, it's yeah. right there in yeah. front of you. And I want, I, yeah. I'm so glad you shared that post, Abigail. That's really good. I want she to go back, though, to her statement, original statement. I said, where is this coming from? We don't have a particular Mao, but yet mm-hmm. this is a worldwide movement across all of the Western nations. And and what she said is it is the globalist. Yes. So you quoted something from the World Economic Forum. Yes. That is kind of the the key organization that's driving this whole clo- globalist agenda. But so is the UN. The UN is a big part of it yes, as well. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, and, Absolutely. And, All the major health, uh, world organizations are under the thumb of the globalists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And would you say, this is a, just a curiosity that I've had, and I, I don't know if you know the answer, but is President Xi of China um, a leader amongst those leaders that are driving this globalist agenda, or is he quite separate from it? Do you know? I actually have this question, and I never got the exactly satisfactory answer. I believe that he was used by the globalist because uh, he opportunity to make a model and that's called China model. That is the state capitalism, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Now that's what we, uh, uh, we were told that is the way to go. Mm-hmm. The ESG and all this is basically modeled after China. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I, I think that they, they have this uh, partnership, but uh, eventually, I believe, 
I'm, I don't know I'm right or not, but I think eventually the uh, in the elite or the globalists will will um, get rid of China. Shed, sh- shed him from yeah. the movement. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one. Look at. That's one of the things that I think is always so interesting is, and you have brought this up as has um, Alvin Louie when we've spoken with him. He has roots from China as well, and and they talk. Both of you have mentioned that. The th- the interesting thing about this is the whole idea is oh pe- there's a group of people being oppressed and we have to we have to have a revolution to prevent the oppression, but in the end, those people become the oppressors themselves and they shed and turn on people that helped them. I mean, in your case, many of the youth were sent out into the field, sent out into the countryside once they achieved the work of Mao. Um, so once this gets achieved. Um, if the globalist agenda were su- su- successful, which of course we hope it's not, but um, what happens to all the workers that helped bring about this agenda in the first place? Yeah, that is why people need to know history. All this played out before, before in the communist country. Okay, so, you know, like uh, Mao had peasants, you know, because China was uh, pretty much, uh, agricultural society um, in in the uh, in before the forties. Mm-hmm. So he he had all the support of the peasants and promised them free land and all that. And and, and the peasants helped him to win the war. Mm-hmm. And what happened afterwards? Salvation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up to fifty million Chinese parents died of starvation because of Mao's collective farming, and other disastrous policies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's not the only part, uh, that's only part of the story. They, and, and then the, uh, you say, okay, so those are the uh, uh, followers. Mm-hmm. And how about the communists themselves? Well, they are in power. They should enjoy the power. No. Actually, the infight was even more uh, uh, brutal. And during the Cultural Revolution, the number one victim was uh, who? President of China. Mm-hmm. He was considered by Mao his arch enemy. And he uh, pros- uh, persecuted him to death. Hmm. Interesting. So, even though he um, helped. Even though he helped. He absolutely was part of the system. Uh-huh. Yes, he helped. He even helped Mao to achieve Mao's status of, uh, of uh, basically the god for the Chinese people. But he did not survive that system. Mm-hmm. He was persecuted because he dared to say something contrary to Mao. So that system was becoming, uh, um, I think this uh, is the, the expression, meat grinder. Mm-hmm. So no one is safe. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Not even the globalists, not even AOC. Yeah. No, not <laughs> even those people. <laughs> they, they think they were the winners. No, right. no one is safe. Interesting. Well, you know what, she, we have come to the end of our time already. And I tell you, the show goes so quickly when we have your wonderful guests like you on. Um, but let's let you plug your book one more time here as we close out the show. Okay. Uh, yeah. Can you can you say the oh, name of your book and how to get it really quickly? Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's really on all the major booksellers, yep. but like I guess the easiest one is Amazon. Just yep. search Mouse uh, America, uh, Survivors 
warning and my name or even just search the your book title you should be able to get it. If you put in Mao's really America, it. it's amazing and it's very easy. There's an easy button that will allow you to pre-order it. My copy is coming Tuesday, October 31st. So everybody pick up your phones, okay. get on your Amazon app and order Mao's America written by Shi Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. It's going to be excellent. Shi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, eye-opening. And you can listen to this podcast at any of the places where you listen to podcasts, Spotify and iTunes, and you can also uh, see us at savetheclassroom.com. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.